Thank you, Nora. And uh, uh, thank you, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, for coming uh, together this virtual fellowship. And uh, our topic, our theme today is rebuilding hope through prayer. And uh, I'll start by reading the reference scripture, which is taken from Isaiah chapter 37, uh, verses uh, 14 um, to 14 to 20, Isaiah chapter 37, verses 14 uh, to 20. So we are talking about rebuilding hope uh, through prayer. And uh, um, just a moment, I realize I skipped a verse. Let me just get the... Yeah, so uh, let me read from the NIV, Isaiah uh, 37, from verse 14. Ezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and, and see. Listen to all the words Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord that the Assyrian kings have laid waste all these peoples and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone, fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Lord, are the only God. So we are talking about rebuilding hope through prayer. And if you read uh, chapter 36, Isaiah chapter 36, the chapter preceding uh, the one we have read, you would appreciate how uh, hopeless the situation uh, Ezekiah and Judah uh, found themselves in. And let me just speak a few verses from uh, chapter 36 to, to, to give you a good uh, a background of the hopelessness of the situation. Verse 1 says, In the 14th year of King Hezekiah's reign, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. So you have cities that are fortified and all of them are attacked and captured, and there was now left only one city for Sennacherib to take over, and that was uh, Jerusalem. Uh, and, 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 and so verse 2 says, Then the king of Assyria sent his field commander with a large army from Lachish 
to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem, when the commander stopped at the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the Londra's field, Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, the recorder, went out to meet out to him. The field commander said to them, Tell Hezekiah, this is what the great king, the king of Assyria says, on what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have counsel and might for war, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? Uh, you know, and then he goes on and uh, he denigrates uh, Egypt, which was uh, another power uh, at that time. So basically, he tells Hezekiah's team that uh, you are done for. I can do with you whatever I want to do. In other words, you are in a very hopeless uh, situation. So friends, that is the background. Uh, and so these messengers that went to meet this field commander then came back with a report to Hezekiah, and this is now the letter which Hezekiah takes and lays before the altar of the Lord. And, uh, and so let us begin by appreciating that whenever terror and tyranny occur, the goal is to produce hopelessness. The goal of terror and the gold of tyranny is to produce hopelessness in the people who are exposed to the terror and the tyranny. Now, terror is extreme fear. It is that kind of fear where you can find that even your whole body is shaking. Uh, and you find that your mind cannot settle. Your mind cannot think straight. So when you are terrified, that is what happens. Now, I like to describe tyranny as prolonged terror. You know, so if terror is bad, but it is a brief thing, now tyranny is prolonged terror. And so this is what Hezekiah and Judah were facing. Already all the fortified cities had been attacked and ran over, and now there was remaining just Jerusalem. And uh, at that point, they were justified, if one would say, to be terrified. And uh, on the other hand, let me also define or describe what hope is. This thing that we are saying needs to be rebuilt through prayer. Now, hope is not the end of the road. Hope is not this word where you speak when you have, all doors have been closed. But hope is the beginning of, of possibilities. Hope is not a bottomless sea or pit, but it is the anchor to the soul which is going through a storm. Hope is trustful expectation 
It is an expectation the believer has, but that expectation is um, is uh, comes out through our trust in God that God will fulfill His promise. That no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Hope is the anticipation of a favorable outcome when one is under God's guidance. Now, when you look at the matter with the human eye, with the human mind, you do not see a favorable outcome. And this is what the commander of the field forces of Sennacherib had said to Hezekiah, that the matter is really stuck against you. But a man who has hope in God expects a favorable outcome, even when circumstances uh, seem to indicate otherwise. Hope is the confidence that what God has done for us in the past guarantees our participation in what God will do in the future. And I want to say here that the greatest anchor of our hope is that when Jesus Christ hung on that cross of Calvary, he said it was finished. In other words, he dealt thoroughly, decisively with our enemy, the enemy of our soul, the devil, so that we can then have hope, the hope which does not disappoint. So, this is the situation then that Hezekiah goes to God in prayer when he is faced with a hopeless situation. And I don't know, brethren, if you have been through a situation that apparently looks hopeless, where you even don't know how to bring a prayer uh, to God. I remember when we were hit with uh, COVID in uh, 2020, you know, the news was depressing. Every news that was coming out was depressing. And somewhere, God began to stir a desire for prayer, an urge for prayer. And it was at that time when we started this meeting on Zoom, which is still going on up to now. So in that moment, when the brethren turned to prayer, then hope was rebuilt. Hallelujah. And so this is then what uh, Hezekiah is faced with. So how does he go about rebuilding hope through prayer. Now, we see in verse 16 of Isaiah 37, Hezekiah says, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God. You alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Now, this is certainly a prayer of a man who knows his God. 
not just a man who has heard rumors about the God, but is a man who knows his God. And when we talk about rebuilding hope through prayer, it is expected that we know God. You need to know God in order to pray that prayer that turns hopelessness into hope. That prayer which snatches hope from the jaws of the tyrant, from the claws of the tyrant, and makes it to become alive. So, Ezekiah knows his God, and he says, this God is the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. So this is a God who commands armies. That's why he's calling him the Lord of hosts. And he is God of Israel. He is not just any God. He is not just some spirit that is superintending maybe over a riverbed or over a little uh, mountain somewhere. But he's the God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim. In other words, he's surrounded by angelic beings. And he says that he's God of all the kingdoms of the earth. That means that even the one who was threatening him, uh, the, the king of Assyria, uh, this king of Assyria is under the authority of this God of heaven. Hallelujah. So when you know God, then, uh, and you exalt God, it diminishes the size of the problem that you're faced with. And we see this repeated over and over in scripture, that when people magnify God, when God is, is made greater than the challenge that they are facing, then the difficulty becomes surmountable, the difficulty becomes like nothing. In Exodus uh, 18, uh, Jethro responds after Moses had testified about what God had done for them from the time that God brought the plague upon the Egyptians, uh, how God delivered them uh, and yet drowned uh, the Egyptians in the, in, the Red, in the Red Sea. And so Jethro responds like this in Exodus 8, 18, uh, from verse 9. It says, Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians. He said, praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh and who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods, for he did this to those who treated Israel arrogantly. Now, the terrorists, the tyrant, will treat their victim arrogantly, but God is greater than all other gods. Hallelujah. And so when we know this God and we magnify him, that is the beginning point of rebuilding our hope through prayer. Uh, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, Scripture says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. 
You know, and so we sing this song, greater is he who is in me than the devil that is in the world. Because he is, we just don't magnify him through our mind, through our thinking, but we magnify him because truly he is greater than everything. The psalmist says in uh, Psalm 135 and verse 5, I know that the Lord is great, that our Lord is greater than all gods. So, friends, this is a fact that is repeated over and over in Scripture, that God is greater than all other gods. And therefore, if he's greater than all other gods, then it puts us in a very good situation to rebuild uh, hope through uh, prayer. And later, uh, in, in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 5 to 7, again we see another uh, example here of when God is magnified in the face of what appears to be a hopeless situation, you begin to see hope rebuilt. Uh, so Second Chronicles chapter 20, uh, verses 5 to 7. Scripture says, Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Hallelujah. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever for the descendants of Abraham, your friend. So again, we see here, this was another man, just like Hezekiah. He was faced with, uh, in this case, three armies attacked him uh, suddenly. And this man had been in a situation where he didn't even have a standing army. but even when he's faced with that, he still magnifies the Lord. So friends, we need to learn to magnify the Lord. We need to learn to trust God. We need to learn to put God where he belongs, that he is the almighty God. So friends, that is the beginning of rebuilding hope through prayer. Now, the other thing then that we see is the importance of trusting the word of God more than any information, knowledge, or experience that we may have. That when God says it, then it is done. When God says it will be done, then it will be done. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your wallet, but when God says you will afford it, you'll be able to afford it. And you see, when God spoke to our bishops and said that the cathedral will be finished, you know, we, we, uh, we, we trust the word that God has given. We don't look at the Sunday offering report and begin to wonder how it will happen. No, we just trust the word of God and it will happen. Hallelujah. So trusting the word of God more than trusting our, exp uh, exp uh, uh, 
trusting in the experience is what differentiated Joshua and Caleb from the other 10 spies with whom they went. The Bible says, uh, if we can just uh, pick, um, I'll, I'll read uh, Numbers 14, verses 6 to 10, and then I'll just highlight a few truths there. Uh, scripture says, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. Hallelujah. You know, the new cathedral is exceedingly good. Um, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting to all the Israelites. So, a few things here, friends, that I want us to pick ab about the importance of trusting the word of God more than trusting our knowledge or experience uh, uh, is, one, that the favor of God unlocks hope. Joshua and Caleb said, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will give us the land. This is talking about favor. You know, and we know that because of the love that God has bestowed in, uh, upon us through Jesus Christ, we have this unmerited, this undeserved favor that makes God to be pleased with us. So that as we come in prayer, we even actually bring our prayer before the throne of grace and mercy. And then we see again that when you have hope, Instead of fearing to be devoured, you will look forward to devouring the devourer. Uh, and, and again, Joshua and Caleb says, do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Hallelujah. You know, so when you have hope, even though the devourer is coming to devour you, hope makes the devourer to lose appetite. Hope made the lion to lose appetite when Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. But the next morning, when people without hope were thrown into the same den, the Bible says that the lions ate them and uh, finished them even before they could touch the, 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 the bottom of the den. Hallelujah. Hope removes the protection of the enemy. Joshua and Caleb said, their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Hallelujah. So, the enemy is just a shell when you uh, uh, put your hope in God. The protection of the enemy will not be there. Although they might think the protection is there. And in fact, when you read uh, 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 Isaiah 37, that is exactly what happened to the king of Assyria, that hope removed 
the protection that he had removed, that power that he had, and things turned around for the benefit of Hezekiah and Judah and to the detriment of the devourer who had come to devour them. Now, we see Hezekiah focusing Judah on the thing that mattered. But, uh, 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 sorry, sorry. We see um, uh, Jehoshaphat uh, focusing Judah on the thing that matters. When we, when we check uh, Chronicles uh, chapter 20 and verse 20, it says, So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. And you, inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. Now, this is hope maturing. When hope matures, it becomes faith. It becomes belief in the Lord God Almighty, the living God. And it also, that belief is anchored by believing in his prophets. In other words, in believing in the word of God. Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. Hallelujah. So friends, um, two things. If we are to rebuild our hope through prayer, one, is that we need to magnify God. We need to magnify God in our hearts, but we also need to magnify God through the confessions of our, our lips. Two, we need to trust the word of God more than any information, knowledge, or experience. Because the word of God is what causes the difference, the word of God turns hopelessness into hope. And when we come in prayer, we do not pray our fear. We do not pray our anxiety. We do not pray our inadequacies. We do not pray our lack. We do not pray even our pain, but we pray the word of God. And that is the most uh, powerful prayer. And now, uh, and I just want to take time now as we conclude, or as I conclude, uh, that we just have a moment of applying uh, this uh, uh, in prayer. And as we apply this in prayer, we need to appreciate that there's nothing that is too hopeless that God cannot handle. And there might be somebody who is listening to me now and you have been thinking, and you've been telling yourself that your situation is too hopeless. But the Bible tells me over and over. My own experience of working with God tells me over and over that there's nothing that is too hopeless for God. And this is God's word for you today. You who is listening. And I also want to uh, tell you this, that God does not lose hope. Even if you are now without hope, you can cling, you can stand, you can hold on to the hope of God because God 
does not lose hope. And then we see that um, Hezekiah applied prophetic action, even as he prayed. He took this letter and laid it before the altar. So there are things that you are facing where you may need to do prophetic action. And as we do this, base your hope on the person and word of God. And shall we now pray? Father, I really want to thank you for this day. I thank you that you, O oh God, are the God who rules uh, uh, the heavens. You, O oh my God, are the God Almighty, the God of Israel, and you are enthroned between the cherubim. You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth and even over Uganda. Lord, you are, you are God over uh, Africa. You are God over the whole earth. You are God over the World Bank. You are God over everything that even comes to terrorize us. You are God over every tyrant, my Father. I thank you and I bless you. And we pray now, Lord, that you give ear and hear and open your eyes and see and listen, my God, to the words of every tyrant. The Bible uh, tells us that we fight not against flesh and blood. So every spiritual tyrant that has been terrorizing your people, Lord, may you hear their words and respond to them. And every human agent that has been terrorizing your people, may you hear their words and respond to them. And every circumstance of illness, of lack of provision, of confusion, Lord, I pray that you hear their words and you'll deal uh, with them. Lord, we've seen the mushrooming of false gods, but they are nothing. They are nothing and they are false. And you alone are the mighty God. And so, Lord, as we trust in you, our trust shall not be in vain. Lord, we will not be brought to shame. Lord, I, I pray even this time, remembering a brother who has been without uh, uh, work for now over three years, and, he, and he's turned into uh, like, like a destitute. But I speak to his situation now, this evening, Lord, and I pray that, that hope will be rebuilt in him. Lord, that from this day, hope is rebuilt in him. Lord, that he will not write himself off because you have not written him off. Lord, that those who laughed at him, Lord, they will begin to marvel at the work that you've done in his life. Lord, we lift up Uganda before you, which has become uh, the target of the homosexuals. Oh my God, may you listen to them, Lord, and may you look at their plotting left and right and they are gloating about their power. And Lord, that you, O oh God, will humble them. Lord, that you will remove their protection, just like you removed the protection of those who attacked Judah. We thank you, God, and we bless you that everything, every tyrant, every terror that caused hopelessness in your people, yes, cancer, uh, threatening diseases, Lord, I pray 
that in the name of Jesus, you remove their power, remove their protection, and set your people free. We thank you and we bless you, for in Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother James. Uh, we'll continue in prayer before we invite the provost to, the assistant provost to close. Uh, our Father and our God, we bless your name for you have spoken to us. You have spoken loud and clear. Lord, we know that people on this platform are passing through different circumstances. We bring repentance, our Father and our God, for, for the spirit of fear. For we know that fear is not from you, but it's from the devil. For your word in Timothy has told us that you've not given us a spirit of fear, but the spirit of power. Lord, we repent. For we have made you too small in our eyes. We have formed you according to, to what we think you are, Lord. We repent. We repent for all those times we have not turned to you like Hezekiah did, turn to you in prayer. Lord, we have based our, our, our fear on the experiences, on what we've seen around. Lord God, we bring repentance. Have mercy upon us, O King of glory. Forgive us, our Father and our God. Forgive us, O King of glory. We are sorry for not having trusted in you. We have forgotten too soon, Lord, for many times you've taken us through difficult circumstances, Lord. But when the enemy has hit at us, we have forgotten to soon have mercy, Lord, and forgive us for fearing. Help us, King of glory, to always turn to you in prayer, to remember that you are there to help us, that you are greater than them all. Your word in Psalms 24, verse 8, tells you that you are the Lord who is mighty in battle. You are greater than them all, Lord. We pray that we'll always remember to turn to you. Lord, even as we come to the end of, of this day. We pray that you will fight our battles, O King of glory, each and every one of them, for we know that you are mighty in battle. We know that you can deliver us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for not having time to fight for us our battles and bring us victory, our Father and our God. We pray that you will restore hope to your children who are on this platform. Any that may have lost hope, O King of glory, we raise them up to you. We raise our country, Lord, for the status of hopelessness that is in our country, Lord. We raise it to you in prayer. Have mercy, O King of glory, and restore your children on this platform and outside this platform and your country at large, O King of glory. Restore whatever the enemy has stolen our Father and our God. Restore your children, Lord King of glory, to the glory of your name, that everybody who will see will know that these are the children of the Lord Most High. O King of glory, we want to thank you for the hope that you have given us. For you know the beginning from the end. Help us always to focus on you, our Father and our God, and not on our circumstances. Help us, O King of glory, to always magnify you, to learn to know you, to spend time in your presence, that we may get to understand how great you are, that we may get to understand and understand uh, Turn everything to you, for you alone are the Lord. You alone are the Holy One, O King of glory. Lord God, help us and restore our hope. Restore our hope in you. Help us to always remember that you are the King of glory, that you are the Lord mighty in battle, that you are greater than them all, that you are our God, 
that you created everything and you know everything from the from the from the from the beginning, you know the end. Help us to only turn to you that we may always find mercy to help us in that time of need, our Father and our God. We want to bless your name, O King of Glory. We want to thank you for your servant who has spoken, who has poured out his heart for us this evening, King of Glory. We want to raise him and his family before you, our Father and our God, that you bless him, that you bless his family, that you refill him, that he may be able to continue feeding your children. Our Father and our God, we pray against every satanic backlash and retaliation against him, O King of Glory. We honor you, Father and our God. We exalt you. We thank you, King of glory. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.